0: Greetings, and welcome to the Thin Blue Marriage Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping law enforcement officers have better and stronger marriages. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremiah Guile, active law enforcement officer and chaplain. Today, we're going to have a special guest, Mr. Nick Darty, a.k.a. Financial Cop. He's a semi-retired police sergeant who began studying financial wellness under Dave Ramsey before breaking out on his own and starting his own company, Financial Cop., he also developed a financial wellness program called Building Financial Strength in First Responder Families, which has been taught to over 30,000 first responders nationally. So, Nick, how are you today?
1: Doing well. Trying to stay warm. We're in the middle of a nice storm here in this lovely uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area. We're not we're not used to this stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hear you. So, I live here in Florida, and uh, you know, occasionally we'll get the hard freezes you know, in the upper twenties and stuff like that. So, uh, I feel your pain on that. So tell me about <laughs> your company.
1: Well, uh, I, developed a class back in 2011 and really got to kind of go back to my, my younger days. Um, I learned about finances because when I was a Ricky cop, I did a bunch of stupid stuff with money, which qualified me as an adult. Uh, at that point, um, I had built up a war chest as a young officer of about $80,000 in debt and, Wow. Uh, all for the most part, car cars and credit cards, and twenty one thousand of that was tied into one car stereo system. Yes, just one. Wow. Um, and so, I was uh, stuck in the overtime cycle. I found Dave Ramsey and utilized his debt snowball program to pay off all eighty thousand dollars in debt in about twenty four months by working a thousand hours of overtime. And so, fast forward in twenty eleven, we got a new chief named Steve Die, and he said, "Hey, I want you to start teaching my recruits about this." And so I started to, to teach the recruit classes, then I got asked to teach the whole department, and before you knew it, uh, we were getting asked to teach across Texas, and now we go all across the country. And so Financial Cop is the largest financial wellness training company in the country, all, all owned and operated by Cop4Cops. I say largest, the largest law enforcement uh, first responder uh, geared wellness uh, uh, company. Well, Outside that- of that, I also do run, Or sorry,
0: go ahead. Oh, no, I was about to say that's really good because a lot of people don't realize how much finances play into a marriage as far as, you know, conflict, divorces and stuff like that.
1: Yep. yep. The second part of the company is uh, is a fiduciary-only financial planning firm where we do uh, fiduciary care-only financial planning for first responders uh, in various states that we're registered to do business with as well.
0: Okay, Great. So um, so with uh, financial wellness, you know that's uh, obviously a really critical thing that gets a lot of cops into a lot of trouble. So um, yep. can you tell us what cops need to know about finances and financial wellness?
1: Well, the, the first thing we've got to understand that for a lot of us in law enforcement, when we first start out, we're actually making really, really good money. And that's really the first time we start to make the kind of money that we are. And we kind of get trapped into this you know, we've got a bunch of money, let, let's go spend it because most of us come from very humble beginnings where we didn't make a lot of money before we became cops. And, and so we've got to understand that some of those problems we, we, we get ourselves into with money is just geared towards the fact that we are not used to making the kind of money we have. Throw in the overtime and, and some of us, I mean, heck, in, in DFW, our starting salary is in the 70s with most of us popping out in the 100,000 range now. And so when it comes to money, the number one skill that you must master before you can do anything else, in my opinion, with money is budgeting. It's that dreaded B word that nobody likes to talk about, but we've got to look at budgets and how we can start to figure out the ebbs and flows within our monthly income coming in versus going out and what we're actually spending our money on. Um, and so I, I get asked all the time. What's the number one piece of advice you would give to officers? And it has nothing to do with retirement planning, but everything to do with the budget cycle.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's uh that's pretty important because I've seen so many guys that got themselves into a trap where, you know, they go out and spend too much money and they uh they live beyond their means then they get caught in this habitual trap of having to work endless overtime off duty details and stuff like that. Yep. So um, what were some tips that you could tell them when it comes to budgeting things to think about?
1: Well, it, when it comes to a budget, th- the key to doing a, a true budget is not just writing some stuff down on a piece of paper and and, and hoping it adds up. It's actually tracking and doing an every dollar budget and, uh, when I teach cops about budgets, I teach it in the sense of a SWAT raid. Most officers are familiar with a SWAT team or they've been around a SWAT team before. And the most important thing that that SWAT team does before they walk out the door is they do a formal ops plan. Where are we going? Where's the nearest hospital at? Who's my dispatcher on the channel? You know, who's, What's my stack order? Who's breaching? Every second of that SWAT raid is planned out. And that's the first phase of a budget is doing your ops plan before the month begins. What do you think you're gonna spend your money on? But the most important thing that that SWAT team does has nothing to do with the actual raid. It's what they do when they get back. They debrief, they do an after action. That's the most important thing that that team does. Does, Did did everything we think was gonna happen go according to plan or do we need to adjust things to make it more efficient next time? And that's the same thing as a budget. You do your ops plan before the month begins, and we've got to spend some time throughout the month debriefing. Is everything go according to, going according to plan, and then at the end of the month, we need to do an actual formal after action plan. Did everything we think we were going to spend our money on actually get spent? Did we go over somewhere? If so, why? Did we go under, and what can we do with that excess so that we can plan for the next month's budget? Because just like no two SWAT rates are the same, no two monthly budgets are the same either. February is not going to be the same as January and hex February of 2023 is not going to be the same as February of 2022. So that's the key to doing a true good budget planning before the month, looking at it throughout the month, doing a formal after action and actually tracking every transaction throughout the month.
0: Okay. Well, that's some, sounds like some really good advice there. And, and I can see why it would be very effective. Um, now, with a lot of marital stuff, because that's you know what this podcast is ultimately about. You know, one of the, the questions that a lot of people have whenever they're talking to me comes to how do you get the spouse on board and how do you include the spouse into the process? What's some guidance or recommendations you could give to the listeners to get them to work with their spouse on this?
1: Well, the, the the biggest first key concept when it comes to getting your spouse on the board. Is how we treat our spouse, and you know we've got to recognize that in a marriage, you know there are no co-chiefs, there's no assistant chief and chief in this relationship. We are both chiefs. You know we earn it together, we plan it together, we spend it together. You know when uh, when I got married, I walked down the aisle, and the preacher said, "And now you are one." And one of the easiest ways to get your spouse on board is to make sure that we do everything together and we're equal. Right? It doesn't matter who makes more money than the other. It comes in, it's for the family, and we start to work with that together. The other thing we've got to recognize when it comes to uh, money and marriage is that we have different personalities. You know, my name's Nick, I'm a nerd. I love to do my budget. My wife, Carrie, she can't stand the budget work. She hates doing it, she's a free spirit. But at the same token, I am a natural spender, whereas Cherry is a natural saver. We've got to recognize, what categories we fall into and how to communicate with that because how you communicate ultimately determines the success of your, your marriage when it comes to money, instead of what a lot of us do is we just kind of criticize because we don't recognize that, You know, I may be a saver and I'm criticizing my spouse because they're a spender and it's causing marriage problems when we need to figure out where we're at in that category and how we can best communicate with each other instead of causing a fight.
0: (laughs) Okay. That's a, Yeah, I like the way you describe that. Um, One of the things that I talk about in this uh, podcast a lot is the team approach to marriage. And that sounds exactly kind of like what you're describing. So, uh, well, you know, with any type of budget, it all comes down to a simple principle of you have to spend less than what you're bringing in. So spending control, obviously, you know, is a big part of that. What are some tips that you might have to help our listeners save money and reduce those expenses?
1: Well, first and foremost, as cops, when we go to the range to qualify or we go to the range to shoot our guns, when you're out of bullets, you're out of range time. There is no more bullets to shoot. And it's the same concept when we look at money. When you, You're going to have a certain amount of money that comes in throughout the month. That's your ammunition to work with. But when you're out of money, you're out of ammunition, we're out of what we can do with the budget. And so we've got to recognize that key. We can't spend more than we, we actually make. You know, we're, we're not part of Congress, right? We don't get to print our own money in that sense. And so understanding what those inflows are and what our limits are, and then through that debriefing process, as your transactions come in and you start to track it, that's when you're really going to start to get an idea of what you're spending on. You know, it's not uncommon for me to look at somebody and and they're like, "Holy moly, I've I just spent nine hundred dollars at the grocery store. How, how did that happen?" Well, it may happen because we just had five Sundays in the month of January. Most people do their grocery shopping on the weekends. So that's five weeks versus February that has four. And that's ultimately what the budget process is. It's not about restricting your spending habits. It's about getting control of what your money's doing, where it's going, and how you can best utilize it to live the lifestyle you want to live or to dig yourself out of the hole that you've dug with debt or to start to really start to save money for emergency savings and or for retirement purposes or that vacation you want to go on.
0: Okay. Yeah, that, that definitely sounds like some great advice there. Uh, You'd mentioned something about debt because I know debt is a big thing. Uh, do you have some recommendations on on how people could tackle their debt?
1: Uh, avoid it at all costs if possible. <laughs> um, I've, I'm one of those weird people that doesn't believe that there's any kind of a good debt out there except for a paid for debt. Um, as, as, uh, somebody that I, 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 have a lot of, uh, respect and admiration said Chris Hogan. He says, when you, when you start to realize that earning interest is a reward and paying interest is a penalty, that's the game changer. When you you borrow money and you take on debt you are agreeing to take on money to buy something that you can't really afford and you're paying a bank interest which is your hard-earned money just to get that now i get it sometimes we have to use debt for some things like a house those kinds of things but we've got to figure out how to stop using debt as much as possible one of the number one characteristics of millionaires in this country is they don't use debt for hardly anything at all And they just, they they don't like payments. They don't like debt with that. And so I'm a big fan when it comes to paying off debt of Dave Ramsey's debt snowball mentality, where you list your debts from smallest to largest. Doesn't matter what the interest rate is. You tackle the smallest debt and pay as much of it as you can every month. The rest of them you make monthly minimum payments on. And once you're done with that smallest debt, you roll that uh, extra payment and that uh, debt payment you don't have anymore into the next smallest you focus on paying that off and you repeat over and over again until you get to the end end of paying the last debt.
0: Okay. Uh, It sounds like it's a simple concept to grasp, but just would require a whole lot of discipline. Well,
1: there is the number one skill when it comes to money discipline. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Everything, everything about money is discipline, you know, but if you have that discipline, That discipline to get your money in order will then allow you to use that discipline to start to save and do fun things like vacations, buy nicer cars, save and retire, those kinds of things.
0: So are you saying that the $7 cup of coffee, uh, the the fancy stuff is uh, not a very
1: good investment? (laughs) There's nothing wrong with partaking in that occasionally, but yeah, I see a lot of people partaking that way too often, not realizing what it's costing them in the long run. Yeah, I can say I was really surprised one
0: time whenever I went back to, uh, you know, looking at some of the money we spent, and actually did a breakdown, and just eating out—it's uh, amazing how expensive yes. that alone can be.
1: Yep, very much so.
0: So, um, do you have any other tips, guidance, or recommendations to kind of help people as they're going forward, or for those that are struggling with debt? kind of like some encouragement
1: yeah so what one of the last really key concepts i'd love love to cover i mean we cover a lot when we teach we teach a four-hour complete class on all financial wellness but uh, is willing estate planning Um, as as first responders we all deal with death uh, sometimes on a daily basis depending on if you're in a big city or not and yet we have also almost all dealt with somebody that's either been killed in the line of duty or an officer that's died on the way home in a car wreck or some. Something's happened. And the thing that drives me bonkers the most about us is that we don't have will and estate planning done. Uh, You gotta get a will done. Uh, Check with your local police association, uh, check with your city attorney's office. Sometimes the uh, counties have a a young uh, uh, attorneys associations that are willing to do this stuff to help you out. Or if you don't have a place to get a free will done, find a reputable estate attorney, go to LegalZoom or U.S. Legal Forms, one of those places, but we've got to do a better job. Um, This is not an actual statistic. This is just my uh, uh, experience. I would be willing to bet that about 80% of law enforcement does not have a will. And people don't think it's part of the financial wellness scope, but it is a huge part of the financial wellness scope. You know, the other part of that is, is Make sure your family knows where all of your important documents and finances are. Uh, if you go to my website, financialcop.com, on the bottom of every page is a link that says get your free legacy go-back worksheet. And it's a 16-page pdf syllable document that you can start to organize this stuff so that, God forbid, something happens to you, your, your family knows where all the passwords are, where all the bank accounts are, where the pensions are, and all that fun stuff.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's one of those really important things that I think a lot of people don't think about. Because, uh, you know, law enforcement, it, it's it can be a very dangerous job. You know, there's always that yep. thought of you have to be able to come home at the end of the night. And we think a lot about officer safety issues and, and things like that. But the aftermath is also something that uh, I think a lot of cops don't think about. Um, I know that's an area that, you know, I haven't really... Uh, tended to as much as I should. So, um, I yep. appreciate you bringing that up, you know, for our, uh, our audience. Well, I think we got a pretty good amount of information. Um, if they wanted to get more about your company or to contact you, um, how could they find out more information?
1: Yep. So the best way is to go to our website. It's just www.financialcop.com or you can follow us on Twitter at financial cop or Facebook at financial cop. Any of those methods will get you straight to us. Okay. All right. Anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? So I do, because I am a financial advisor, have a fun little radio disclaimer I've got to read. You've heard the commercials before where you got to read it really quick. I don't (laughs) Mm -hmm. read it very fast because I'm not that good at it, but Um, The views expressed in this class are for informational purposes only and and in no event should be construed as an offer to buy or sell securities. Additionally, this class is not designed to advise you on how to handle anything specific to your finances, nor will listening to my advice guarantee your financial success. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and don't take into account your particular financial objectives uh, or investment objectives, financial situation, or needs of an investment advisor. Either IFP Advisors, LLC, IFP Securities, LLC, are de- doing business as independent financial partners, nor their affiliates offer tax or legal advice. Interested parties are strongly encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax and or legal expert regarding the best options for your particular c- circumstances. Investment office advice is offered through IFP Advisors, LLC, doing business as independent financial partners, a registered investment advisor, ISP is not affiliated with Serve and Protect Financial of Texas and/or Financial Cop. Oh, okay, got through that. <laughs>
0: that was definitely written by a lawyer.
1: <laughs> yes, a hundred percent.
0: So, all right. Well, uh, thank you very much for being on the show, and uh, I do appreciate the information that you've provided to the listeners and also to myself. So, um, you know, to the listeners out there, thank you very much for checking out this podcast the Thin Blue Marriage. If you have any feedback or comments, you can reach me at thinbluemarriage at yahoo.com. So thank you and be safe and have a good night.